beats, the beats are funny in themselves. Right, we'll get cracking on. <clears throat> right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Perth's premier podcast, Monkey Sword Fight, with me, your host, Jordan Patrick. And name Mikey Dots. Name Mikey Dots. Mr. Mikey Dots is out there getting that bread. <laughs> Earning that paper, son. <laughs> we miss you, Mike. Love you, Mike. Uh, Andy Macker ones and twos, though, as per usual. Well, hang on, though. I have got a words with Dots to drop into this oh, week's episode. Yeah. So let me just slide that in here. A person who really wants something will find a way. A person who doesn't will find an excuse. Uh, obviously, Jordan's not heard it yet, so uh, I think you can react to this when you listen back to the podcast tomorrow. Uh, How about that? Uh, Kim, what I'll do is I'll take a vote. I'll play it back to Chuff. <laughs> My girlfriend, she absolutely hates the motivational words that Mike drops in. So every every time she listens, all I hear is I go, oh. <laughs> We're also joined by one and only Nana McKenzie, aka Black Girl. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. <coughs> so thank you very much for joining us this week. Oh, you're very welcome. Looking forward to it. Excellent. So. First things first, let's get the business out of the way. Mm-hmm. This week's show is sponsored by Fair City Jiu-Jitsu. Now, Andy. Yes, Jordan. You're a man of honour. Some might say that, yes. You're a man of respect. At times. And this is a place of unity. Of course. And those are the three fundamentals down at Fair City Jiu-Jitsu. That's what I'm talking about. Pairs one and only. Well, I don't know if they're one and only, but we're talking about those. Pairs one and only <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu school for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Pairs only dedicated, only dedicated Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu training facility now they offer classes suitable to all experience levels, and this is seven days a week. Everyone's welcome. Come in, get fit, and enjoy being part of the team and learn something new. First session is free. F-R-E-E. It has a nice nice bit of feedback from Steve O'Grey down at Fair City Jiu-Jitsu, um, thanking us for shout out on the podcast, and they managed to get in about 17 people on the course. Brilliant. Excellent times. Good stuff. Happy. And uh, obviously Mitch and that had gone down on the back of hearing about it on the podcast and that, so ah. it's all good. Excellent. So shout out to the boys at Fair City Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and girls, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, any feedback from last week's show? Uh, f- few bits and pieces. Um, there's a couple of emails and that have come in. Um, <laughs> a few people reaching out in the comments as well. Um, Chris Cass as well sent in some good broad noise and some stuff that he was discussing. So it's not so much feedback I can share right now because it's all kind of good stuff to use there, throughout the there show. There may or may not be a, a special returning feature that I'm really excited about. Wait to hear about this now, and you're going to love it. <laughs> um, I did get some feedback from Mama Pats. What's up, Mama Pats? She says, Andy, Paul's going to give you a doing. Yep. But she's very flattered. I know. Andy's <laughs> got a bit of a crush on Mama Pats, which is my mum, yeah. our most loyal of listeners. Yep. I also got tail off from Rachel for sniffing too much on last week's episode. He wasn't well, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Go say hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so, I think that's all for feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, we are joined by singer, songwriter, performer, spoken word artist, Nana McKenzie. Rapper. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Woman of many talents. <laughs> AKA Black Girl. So, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you very much for coming along. Hi, you're welcome. No, so, we've been trying to get you on, for, well, we've been talking about getting you on for a while because you're part of Perth's ever growing hip hop spoken word and performance scene. Yeah, yeah. So. I've only been living in Perth for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. And um, I started writing about a year and a half ago. Yeah. So yeah, nice. Yeah. So you sent us Mike in his in his absence is probably another one of us. He uh, got got you to do a pre-interview for us. Oh yeah. And I read what did bef- I say? Because <laughs> <laughs> loads has happened oh, since. Mate, I read it before, right? And then I thought, right, I better read it again tonight to go back through. And I was reading some of the stories. And I was like, fuck, I cannot wait for this because 
<laughs> you've got some absolute bellers in here, so we'll start I from have. the start. I have. So um, I'll, I'll, you've answered it here, but so um, tell us, first of all, how did you get into music and performing? How did I get into music? Well, I did music as a child, mm. so um, I am sort of like classically trained and kind okay. of like stuff like that, but... Um, I basically got into music as a kind of second career mm. um, because um, basically I turned 40 and um, a very blunt friend of mine, not Scottish, <laughs> just kind of said to me, so you're going to be 40 next month. So what are you going to change? Because by the time you're 50, it's too late. <laughs> and I, I just thought, <laughs> oh, you're oh, cheeky bitch. But then, but like, it was one of those questions that you can't help thinking just about just on your mind yeah and so I was trying to forget it but actually I was in a really shit relationship at the time and I just thought you know what I'm getting out of this mm -hmm. and um, so that's what I did and um, felt great about it for all about two weeks and then was replaced by a 26 year old blonde <laughs> by the end of the year and that just kind of I don't know, like you have to do something mm -hmm. in order to like mm. not go crazy when that happens and yeah. not to lose your shit because mm. like we had kids together, we had a house together, we had a mortgage together, massive mortgage together and I'd been not working for five years because I had young kids and I had an office job and he was always travelling so I just was like, what am I going to do to mm. kind of like keep my shit together mm -hmm. and have fun as well because yeah. like when you split up with someone, you know what it's like, the first thing you want to do is go out, date. When you've got kids, you can't necessarily do that but you do want to kind of have a, a laugh. It's, a, a, it's laugh. a strange situation as well yeah. because I was in a long relationship before I split up and you kind of have to sort of figure out who am I by myself? Totally. I didn't remember who I was. All I knew was that I wanted to go and see Mary J. Blige play live. I wanted <laughs> to go and see Beyonce. And that actually, the Beyonce concert is how it happened because <laughs> I wanted to go and see Beyonce for my 40th birthday with me and my sister. And because my then partner was always travelling, I was just kind of like, look... You book it. You book it for me to go and see the concert whenever. You just have to stay home with the kids. Mm -hmm. And so she was playing in London. <clears throat> so he booked the tickets. And then the weekend I was meant to go down to London <laughs> to go and see her, he basically decided that he was, I don't know, going to go and play tennis or he was fucking off, basically. And um, he had his mum to come over and look after the kids who were very young at mm. that point. And I was just, I was just standing by my guns, sticking to my guns. And I just, you know, when she was like, oh, so shall I call you if something happens to the kids? I was like, no, I have left my children with their father mm -hmm. and he has chosen to go and play golf. So if something happens to the kids, you call him. <laughs> I flew down to London and I was so excited about seeing Beyonce and it was a single ladies tour. Oh, and everywhere I went, I was like going into the O2 and everyone was like, you're on your own? And I was like, yeah. By the fourth time someone had said to me, Oh, are you on your own? I was like, yeah, and I'm not just on my own tonight. I'm on my own for yeah. good. Because I was like, what the fuck am I doing? My 40th birthday in London on my own to Beyonce concert. Do you know what I mean? This is the universe telling me something. Do you know what I mean? It's all aligning. Yeah, and I just kind of thought, you know what? Yeah. Fucking have it. Yeah. Nice. So, so, so you're at, so it was Beyonce the one she's like, did you leave that concert thinking, I want to do some music? I did, yeah. Kind of, um, well, I want, at first I wanted to see loads of music. And also I had this, I lived in this massive kind of like, um, like show home, kind of like way too many rooms and no money for furniture kind of thing because we'd bankrupted ourselves buying the place. And I just thought, um, so for, the first thing I did was I got loads of lodges in. Mm -hmm. And um, I had this garage and um, I didn't have a car at the time, so it was like a double garage. And I just kind of had this vision of turning the garage into a recording studio. And I wanted to, the rest of the house, because it was kind of like floor to ceiling windows. 
And um, I was just sitting there one day thinking, what the fuck am I going to do with the rest of my life? <laughs> like you do when the kids are at nursery. And um, I just thought this place reminds me of a, um, of a film studio. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought, right, I need to make this house work for me because like the electricity bill alone was like massive. And, um, and I just thought, right, I'm going to take some pictures of it create a website and I'm going to rent it out for location shoots and TV shoots and stuff like that and I'm not kidding literally the week after I did that like I was doing it with my phone and stuff and just created this website the week that I put those photos up somebody happened to be doorstepping all the houses Mm -hmm. in my area and um, just saying you know oh we're looking for cool um, locations for a film shoot and literally a week later I had um, a Hollywood actor in my kitchen filming scenes for um I can't remember. It was either Pram Face or it was some. It was some big. I remember that show was on the. T- yeah. It was on BBC One, I think. Uh, BBC Three. Well, BBC Pram, Three. That Pram was it, yeah. Face was basically shot in my the party scene where she gets pregnant. It was actually shot in my house, <laughs> and my house was doubling for a an arm de- uh, an arms dealer's house, which kind of shows you the kind of psychopath that I was living with at the time. <laughs> but I was just didn't, you know, I was just kind of oblivious to all of this. But literally all the time my house was just basically used as, you know, a really rich, evil, nasty person lives here. And the best, the best thing that I had happen there was um, they were doing this, I think, German production. And it was starring, Charles Dance was in it, but he wasn't filming in my house. But basically, they needed this um, really um, this guy. The character had been thrown out by his wife, and he was living with his you know long young woman who he was having an affair with. And basically, they needed this kind of like really amazing looking flat in London. Um, but of course, rich people in London don't want their flats mm-hmm. wrecked by film crews. Yeah. But the location director said. I know the perfect house to do it. And she chose my house. And basically, I got paid for two weeks of them putting scaffolding all the way around my house so that they could green screen it and make it look like it was overlooking the River Thames. Fuck so the footage hell. is absolutely amazing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because you look out onto what should be a garden and there you've got the River Thames and the Tower Bridge and all of that. Fuck so hell. it's just amazing. So I just had the best time. And the best time of filming was um, I had... Um, Stephen Fry in there <laughs> filming um, Doors Open, which Christ. was amazing. Yeah, so it was amazing I, to me. Did yeah. you actually get to speak to him and stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I, I, by then I was back working and I just pretended to be ill that day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's going to be a reason to pull a sickie. Stephen Fry coming totally. into this. Like, totally. Whenever I hear Stephen Fry, like I always like whenever I go to sleep, I have to have something playing in the background. And Stephen Fry does all the Harry Potter audio Yeah, books. exactly. So I used to have like, the Harry Potter. So every night I feel like, Stephen Fry, just tell me a wee bedtime yeah. story. Because I tuck in for my nap now. I was <laughs> a little bit kind of starstruck, starstruck when I saw him. Because he is kind of, you know, he's my kind of comedian. And kind of, you know, he went to the same university as me. And just, I lo- you know, I love me and my girl. And kind of like before I kind of knew really who he was. So, yeah, I loved him. Well, I've, I've seen here, so I was just reading through. So it doesn't seem you're a stranger to sort of the, uh, the celebrity there's a couple of stories you told here about when you used to live in Brixton. I have, yeah. Well, I used to live... Um, <coughs> I lived in South London for a while. Before Brixton is the way it is now. It was pretty rough. And um, my then-boyfriend, I get through them at a fair rate... Carry was on. <laughs> All the single ladies, come on. <laughs> totally. Um, I'm completely undateable now, but that's another story. <laughs> but um, we live behind the Brixton Academy. And um, there's kind of like loads of alleyways there and it's kind of like a cul-de-sac. And it was just this place where 
honestly, you could literally kind of go down the, the kind of like fire escape stairs that, you know, you have mm-hmm. on council estates. You could go down there and you never know, knew whether Tony Blair or um, Nelson Mandela was like, it was, it was it's near the Stockwell estate. Mm-hmm. And that was meant to be one of the biggest sink estates in South London. So you always, our estate was next to that. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of where all the media and everyone regrouped before they went into the really bad estate. Mm-hmm. But you'd also, we also had a police um um, a police uh, office like across the road mm-hmm. so the riot police would get changed in that alleyway as well before they could get <laughs> meet the rioters but also that was the same alleyway that w- led on to the Brixton Academy so mm-hmm. you'd see everyone from well, I saw Eric Clapton there and uh, not in one of his good phases but um, he was kind of being strung whisked out, away by out, people yeah. yeah Bruce Springsteen was very nice though and um, and then I saw loads of people play live there. Like I saw Lady Gaga play live there before and the Fugees because mm. it was one of those places where people booked it before they blew up. Yeah. But then often, like the Fugees blew up completely. Yeah, by the time they blew up. Tiny venue. Honestly, it was like being at a Bob Marley concert. It's the best venue I've ever been it's to. And that slope leading down to the it's stage amazing. just, I don't know, there's something about it, man. Mm. I went to see Cypress Hill there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw Snoop Dogg there, insane. Dr. Dre. All. So I've never been there. There's a video I love it's watching. Amazing. And it's amazing. It's, it's similar to Barrowlands. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, that yeah, similar it's kind of vibe. It was the Monkeys in 2005, just before their first album kicked off, and it looked insane. Yeah, because I think it's because the artists love playing there as well. So they give amazing performances. And I think that's also, I mean, Lady Gaga was playing arenas at that time Mm. when I saw her. And she still chose to to play at Brixton Academy. And it was just like... It's one of those those things you hear... Bucket list venues for bands. You hear hear performers talking about it, like that, the Barrowlands, um, was it... Yeah, a lot of comedians talk like about King Tuts and stuff like mm. yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Those are all bucket list places, and you find that oh, they're a massive band now. Well, funny, check, check, check. They played all those yeah, places totally. on, on the way, way up to yeah. selling Wembley Arena in the O2. Yeah, so. and to be honest, I w- I was one of those people that just would get tickets for so- even if I didn't know who mm. was playing, just because you could kind of tell. Sort of feel it's yeah. a band's about to kick off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. whoever mm. was booking the bands then knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know. Nice. Well, there's another one here that um, you ended up at a Channel 4 Christmas party. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wanted to hear more about this. <laughs> so the guy I was living with, at, I want to say dating, but I was actually living with him at that time, um, was a writer. He was a playwright. And um, at that time, playwrights, they then did radio plays for the BBC. And then that was quite a good way to get into TV. Mm-hmm. So he'd done a couple of TV uh, films, I guess. And one of them was directed by Danny Boyle, mm-hmm. pre-Trainspotting. And ba- basically, Trainspotting was the next film that he went on to direct. He'd done Shallow Grave, didn't he? Yeah, yeah is that, sorry, yeah. Mm. So probably, no, but Trainspotting was actually yeah, the next film yeah, yeah, he was yeah. going to do. Yeah, so he'd already done Shallow Grave. And um, so we went to this Channel 4 party and I was not... Um, I'm not really phased by celebrities at all because I've never really met any. And I don't, I'm one of those people that doesn't really want to meet their idols at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. So um had lots of opportunities to meet Madonna. And I was like, I don't want to meet her because I really can't face her being a bitch or yeah, not being imagine a bitch. Yeah, she was you an asshole. I mean? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so I went to this party and literally I walked in and um, there was Clive, Clive Anderson. He started talking to me and um legend completely <laughs> like, I, I was i was slightly starstruck by him because i used to watch all his programs yeah. do you know what i mean but i was just i was playing it really cool and steve coogan came up and oh. so kind of, do you know what i 
of me. So shy, so tiny, very, very shy. And um, yeah, and my then husband, or my my later husband actually ended up partying with him later, but that's another story. But um, <laughs> yeah, and so there were just, you know, Danny Boyle was there, Andrew McDonald was there. Or there were all these people that I knew, loads of um, actresses that I knew as well. But basically, um, I'm really tall, I'm five foot 11. And this is a long time, this is about 25 years ago. So I basically, I'm the only person in the room that no one knows. <laughs> so I was basically, and I think like show business people, especially actors and actresses, they're a bit wearing and comedians are very insecure, I mm. know now, and miserable also because they're usually they're more usually funny very, when they're drunk and now they're on their sober. People, yeah. yeah, and now they're, <laughs> they're sober. So they're, imagine they're at a party and they can't drink and they're with all these industry folk and like mm. whatever. So I was the only person that everyone wanted to talk to. <laughs> And so sort of Which reverse Levy. Who's so, that? Who's that talking all over there? Literally, everyone know. was kind of like, "Who's she? Who's she? Is she the next big thing?" Kind of thing. And um, then at one point, um, Salman Rushdie walked in <laughs> with Maria Helvin on his arm. And at that point, I thought, "I think it's time to leave it's now we before we all get blown up." <laughs> 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 Fucking hell! So yeah. So, so it's fair to say you had a fair bit of life experience. Just yeah. with celebrities and you, it was lived, fun. you lived in so I, I fucking love London. Like I was down yeah. there with work the other day. Every time I go down, I'm just like, this looks amazing. This but place. the London that I grew up in is very different from now. I mean, mm. now it's a rich person's paradise, mm -hmm. definitely. And in Richmond, you had a lot of arty people living there. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the train spotting crew kind of, I don't know whether they lived near there, mm -hmm. but they, they often went there for like, um, or the actors go there for like lunch or whatever and I kind of you recognise them but it wasn't a kind of it was just more of a scene a celebrity rather, yeah. driven age in the way that it is now I mean, it wasn't never no camera phones or social media presence it's yeah. just it's either a person totally. on the telly no, or no there were film. no phones exactly yeah. so you could kind of have breakfast or whatever with Kelly McDonald and kind of mm -hmm. it was no big deal like mm -hmm. she was she was big but no one bothered her kind of thing so we'll, we'll jump so. back forward again so let's see when she Beyonce Queen B. Yeah. I was actually rocking about Beyonce in the gym earlier. <laughs> having a grand was that before thing. or after <coughs> Take That? That was before Take That. You try take don't that. even try and shame me, man. <laughs> you try and tell me that when uh, it only takes a minute kicks in that. Man, that's some cracking wee. That's some jamming music, man. No. Don't come at me. Don't even come at me. No, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> don't shame me. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll stand by that. Not nowadays, though. Was it? It's just a. Uh, it's just Gary Barlow, one of the dancers in the wee one, isn't it? Yeah. Is that all? That's all. There's there? only three of them left now. Oh, I thought the other dance, before. the other dancer married somebody off the telly. Oh, Jason Orange, or I think so. Yeah. They're both. I think they're interchangeable. They're just tall, handsome, know, long yeah. hair. Really. It's a bit like One Direction. You could lose half the bands, and you wouldn't really I miss. St them. I still don't understand how the <laughs> fuck Mark Owen made it into a boy band. He's he about. Dance, I guess. I don't know, but he's about four foot nine, and he looks like a nine-year-old lassie. Like. Yeah. It's a I different time back then, mate. <laughs> it was, yeah. They're all anyway, icons now. Oh, Ken. <laughs> Robbie till I die. Anyway, so, so yeah, so you go, so you, you split up with your partner, you go, uh -huh. Beyonce inspires you through. Yeah. So, what's the first steps after that? What do you do? Well, initially, I went back into um, financial services because I basically had a three pronged approach. One of them was get lodges in, another one was rent my place out for film, TV, and um, photo shoots. And the other one was go back into financial services, which was, I was a writer in financial services, so I thought, do that. Mm -hmm. And basically all of them kind of paid off. Uh, couldn't get a job in Edinburgh, though, so I had to go to London. Mm -hmm. Went to London for six months to work, and then my kids kind of missed me, and I kind of came back. Um, and um, 
basically just knew I wanted to do something creative because mm. I just wasn't really, I just couldn't do an office job. Mm. And um, really had lost who I was in my old life. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to kind of get back to being me, wasn't really sure who I was. But it was night when you live on your own, like you just kind of, I just played music all the time. Mm. And um, yeah, so I, once I sold my house in Edinburgh, I knew that I wanted to basically build a recording studio. That's mm. what I wanted to do. And yeah. I thought that I wanted to rent it out mm. as a kind of business kind mm. of thing. And then, um, after I'd been here about a year and started settling down and, and redecorating my place, I just wake up every morning and I just have bars and I just write them down. Mm. Like it wasn't, I was more like I was a vessel rather mm. than I was trying to write. Mm -hmm. And my brother's a DJ producer, mm. lives in Copenhagen. He's signed to Sony and um, he asked me to help him out with um, some lyrics, um, with something, because he, he's just... Like he does house music, so his so lyrics and house music aren't really. So it's that. more he's more really sort of beats and. Yeah, stuff. I mean he does he does uh, rap as well, but it's not it's very repetitive. Mm. It's not really kind of reality rap or storytelling mm. necessarily. It's just kind of like mm -hmm. I love dance, mm -hmm. you know, hands uh, in just, the air kind yeah, of thing. Bars over the top but of he dance had track. something that he wanted to write, and he had written lo loads of poems, but he said he couldn't turn them into songs. Mm -hmm. So he sent me about twenty poems I guess and mm. sort of stream of consciousness stuff and um, I turned a couple of those into songs sent mm. them back to him and he was with uh, he, he knows loads of people in the music industry and um, there are a lot of song Danish songwriters um, that live in LA um, whatever and you know one of the most successful songwriters Max Martin is Swedish so there's a lot of mm. you know kind of um in his world, which is kind of Avicii, Switch mm. House Mafia, he was opening for some of the biggest names. Mm -hmm. And um, so he was with um, a producer who had worked with the Pussycat Dolls and was Grammy-nominated Grammy when I sent him that email when he was reading it. Mm. So he showed it to his friend and he was like, he was like, oh, God, you should totally do this as a living. And that's when I thought, right, I'm going to look into mm -hmm. what this entails. And like most people who are trying to, artists that are trying to get into the music business, I was very much thinking about the old model that's about networking and connections and mm. being discovered and getting a record label. And as I looked more and more into it, most people are independent artists nowadays. You have to do everything do it yourself. yourself. Mm. It's all do it yourself. So, you know, I've basically, I've been writing loads and I was on a writing cycle last year, mm. but it's all about open micing it and, mm. you know, learning production, doing production courses, um, you know, learning how to basic graphic design, learning mm. how to create lyric videos. Mm -hmm calling up, you know, bookers at venues, finding out, you know, who's playing where, trying to get support slots. Mm. It's just like the whole thing. Um, and I, I, I am a singer-songwriter, but I don't record my own songs. Mm. So it's also finding singers mm. to sing my songs yeah. for recordings. Mm -hmm. um, and then just getting the confidence, really, to stand up and rap. I'd done the same when I finally decided to do stand-up last year. And I know what you mean. It's it's a case of like even sort of sitting on it for ages, and then actually getting up and trying to do it is probably the most terrifying. And it's the most terrifying thing I've ever done. Yeah, I think stand up is probably hard. I mean, I know that I know that rapping or or singing to music mm -hmm. is easier than doing spoken word because you've got the music that kind of carries you through. And yeah. if somebody likes the beat, mm -hmm. they can like your stuff just because mm -hmm. they like the beat. So yeah. you can kind of be a little bit crappy. Mm -hmm. But I think comedy is difficult because no only not only have you got to 
remember what you want to say and mm. make it sound like you're just saying it on the spot but mm. you also want people to laugh <laughs> and you're shitting yourself so I was just saying beforehand there's like I'm really glad about the next blend that I'm not performing because I'll actually be able to just sit and have yeah. a drink and not be worrying but yeah, I, I know what you mean in the fact that it's like it's trying to do something different and like you say you're sort of rediscovering who you are totally. and sort of stepping outside your comfort zone like yeah. you say sort of a different arena now where you have to go out and do all this stuff yourself and actually put the work in behind it. Yeah, and for a long time I did think that comedy would be my outlet and Mm. I thought, right, I've got to find the balls to do stand-up comedy and I just thought, I can't do comedy. Do you know what I mean? Like I can have my friends in stitches and I do kind of do comedy skits for them. Do you Mm. know what I mean? But Mm. I thought, no, I can write comedy but I want someone else to say it. I don't want to be the person Mm. saying it. And do you know what I mean? Yeah. As I as was the scariest thing I thought is I like I know I can make my pals laugh or I can yeah. make my missus laugh, but then trying to make complete strangers laugh. Yeah, it was one. Of, there was a woman at the blend, one of the blends a while ago. I can't remember who she was, but that stony faced the entire yeah. time I was up there, and the rest of the crowd were having a laugh, and I was just could not take my eyes off this one person that wasn't laughing. I was like, "You bastard! <laughs> what is wrong with it?" Yeah, I think comedy's tough because you know it's you got to be, it's a flavour. Well, see, I think it's, it depends, like you see, because I, I couldn't get up and do a poem or rap. Like, I can rap away in my car, but, like, actually taking that step. And you probably could. <laughs> I don't know, like. Because you kind of, <laughs> like, I mean, I'll still never forget when my, my son is obviously all into his rap and stuff like that. And um, first time I went into um, Clear uh, Icebreaker Studio to record a song, I ended up recording a rap, and I was very proud of this kind of thing. And I gave it to my son and he was listening to it on his phone and he's like, Mum, you got bars. Do you know what I mean? And I thought, oh, praise, yes, in, yes. praise indeed. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, because kids don't lie. <laughs> no, they don't. They're brutally honest. Yeah. Like, brutally honest. Mm-hmm. See, now my kid told me I was getting fat the other day. Like, <laughs> so I dropped them. Oh, <laughs> and about those celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> my kids tell me I'm not fat for a mum. <laughs> I got to tell I was relationship skinny. Like you can, I'm not I fat, but that, yeah, I'm yeah. not fat, but you can tell I've been going out with somebody for a wee while now. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh Christ! Anyway, <laughs> right. So, 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 is there anything that you when you you said you were in a writing cycle? Mm. So, do you try and have like periods of time where you'll try and get everything just out on a bit of paper, and you'll take a wee break away from it, or do you just like jot down things that pop in your head, like melodies or? lyrics you just jot them down wherever yeah, you can yeah I mean I'm always I'm basically I'm always writing mm-hmm. but I mean you'll know this Andy like you can get very self indulgent as an artist and you could just be I could just be in my bedroom hiding away in my bedroom just writing 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 but if you don't actually perform it for anyone or try to sell it to someone or try to do something with it it's just really kind of creative indulgence and you know like slightly kind of adolescent wank really so you need to kind of take it <laughs> to the next title, by the way. <laughs> Thank you very so much. you need to take it to the next stage and make it entertaining and see how audiences react to it so the next stage is kind of like you know you've got some good stuff and then maybe you've got some people that you send it to mm-hmm. um, but you also need to um, open mic it mm-hmm. Um, before you go into the, a lot of people go into the recording studio too early mm-hmm. and so you need to open mic it and um, find out who your audience is ha- find out how you feel about performing it you know mm-hmm. do you like your backing track um, mm-hmm. kind of like do you feel stupid saying these lyrics kind of mm-hmm. thing um, and you know how do people react to it and um, because although sometimes I think oh yeah this is great and I always come back to it six months later and I think was oh, it still <laughs> good but 
you can end up changing something that people are like, no, 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 I want it like that. So you really need to perform it. You can't just mm. look at it in a vacuum. But at the same time, I'm not doing what anyone else is doing. Mm. I write, I'm, I'm nearly 50, I'm 50 this year and I'm right about, I'm a reality rapper. So I write about my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any words in my raps that I wouldn't say mm-hmm. as a person. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I don't, I don't really jump on trends. I might jump on beat trends, mm-hmm. but um, what I say, like I talk about, yeah. you know, I talk about shit that's going on in my life. Do you mm. know what I mean? So I don't write any love songs because I can't remember the last time I was in love. Um, you know, and... Um, well, your audience yeah. will appreciate that, though. You can tell if someone's being honest the second they step. Andy Mack's a perfect example. <laughs> so when his, his poems are some of my favourite shit. And they're like they're a, they're a cross between spoken word and comedy, yeah. But it's that's the way that Andy Mack speaks. I've known Andy Mack for <laughs> six or seven years, and the way he does his poems is exactly how he talks. It's what he talks about. It's because I say what I see. Exactly. That's, yeah. or, or to be honest, like although all the situations in my poems never actually existed, they're all made up. Mm. Well, you know, there my, was never a woman at my door, knock knock. There was never a JK in my street fighting with Mrs. Brown. I just made it up. <laughs> But the point is, it's delivered in a way that you would do it. Had it been real, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's like one of my one of my biggest punchlines never actually happened to me. It was a, <laughs> it was, a, it was a story my pal taught me when he worked at a school, <laughs> and one of his kids called him pedo teeth, and that was about five years ago. And I remember trying to write this bit, and it popped into my head. And I was like, I've been calling folk pedo tea for years. <laughs> Ever since I heard that joke, yeah. doesn't mean anything, yeah. but it sounds brilliant. So yeah. you put it down, but. I see people people can tell your crowd immediately can tell if you're being honest or not. Oh totally. And I mean I I drive a lot because I drive my kids my kids kids both play tennis and I drive them all over Scotland for tennis tournaments. And when I'm listening to music, I re-top line a lot of people's mm-hmm. stuff because I when I listen to music, I don't usually hear lyrics. Mm. I just hear the melod- I just hear the the beat basically mm-hmm. and then I'll either rap my own stuff over it to kind of as a way of practicing and um I especially like rehearsing when I don't know the lyrics properly because rap lyrics, you've got tons of lyrics. Because in forgetting the lyrics, often I come up with a better Mm -hmm. lyric. Um, But also to to see how my stuff works over a professional beat. But often that's when I'll come up with ideas Mm because they'll say one word um, in the whole song. You know, most of it will be like, you know, Gucci, Prada, Chanel. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Rolex. Do you know what I mean? Just sounds like a millionaire shopping list. Yeah, but they'll say one thing like maybe Predator or something that I think, oh, that's a cool word. Do you know Mm. what I mean? And before you know it, you've got a hook. Mm Mm-hmm. Because uh, I write very hooky lyrics, mm. and um, then you know, you, yeah. So then that's another idea, and it goes in the pad, and you can just kind of, you know, you get invited to do things, and I just look to see what I've got, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. You ever find it's the the unfinished stuff that's sometimes the best stuff? Because then you're going to come back to it, say six months later, and you're having to look through stuff, and you're going, actually, this thing that I wrote three months ago, I thought was a lot of shit. Yeah. Actually, if I kind of take a large chunk of that, paraphrase some other bits, that actually goes with what I'm writing about just now. Yeah. Boom, song That's done. That's exactly how I write. All my songs <clears throat> are made up of, so they start, they'll start as, or all my raps will start as three separate songs that mm. I end up putting yeah. together yeah. because in looking at them, I'm like, oh, actually, this is the hook for that. Well, it helps you, the more you do it as well, again, I have no relevance in songwriting, but when I'm doing... If I'm trying to write a set, I'll have six different jokes, Mm. and the hard part's not writing the jokes. It's then trying to how to find a a natural progression from one into the other. So you're not just like, so this happened the other day. So sausages are weird. Do you know what I mean? Things like you've got to try and find an actual 
Yeah. Part, yeah. Uh, a path through it. Yeah. So do you, do you find that there's any real situation that you find best to write in? Or can it just be any time? Um, do you have any like... Well, um, no, I know there is a... Like I write best when I'm relaxed, I'm doing something else. So often when I'm in the gym... Um, doing spin or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening, to, um, you know, the music's pumping out kind of thing. I'll often get a hook after mm-hmm. s- after that when I'm driving because I'm relaxed when mm-hmm. I'm driving. Also, first thing in the morning, I often wake up and I've got some annoying, you know, something and I know it's good and I'm half awake and I have to like, you know, that's why I keep my phone by my bed and I have to get the lyric down. Mm-hmm. And some of my bed, like my song Alcoholic, that I got that down pretty much all in one go mm-hmm. and that was just one morning. I just woke up having listened to... Um, a halls in Benny Blanco song the night before mm-hmm. on repeat because I loved it, and then the next morning I wrote up. I woke up with my own lyrics. Mm. So yeah, so first thing in the morning around seven. Between Just when five you sort of like seven. that sort of hazy period between consciousness and yeah. unconsciousness. Yeah, and a lot of writers have that. Yeah, I I once wrote down Canadian Duck Border Patrol when I was <laughs> half asleep, and I'm convinced there's yeah. something there. Yeah, it's your, no subco- it's your subconscious. Yeah. You're not trying to. I had a hard. dream where I'd done an entire set and I thought it absolutely killed. And then I woke up and couldn't remember any of it. And Megan's like, it was probably shite. It was like, nah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, running as Cheers, well. Cheers, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so whenever I'm relaxed and doing something else. Yeah, you something know. that you can just, your brain sort of yeah. switches off in the, the back part. Wakes yeah. up, so. I never sit down to write. I sit down to edit mm-hmm. or make something better or practice and rehearse. Mm-hmm. But I don't sit down to write with a blank piece of paper. Um, I always use something else to give me. Mm-hmm. Often when I'm watching TV, something like that, there'll yeah. be a good line in something or good mm. idea. And I'll be like, oh. Nice. You know. Well, you did say that you'd be happy to perform one of your one of your songs a cappella for us. Yeah. So would you be happy to get on and do that? Yeah. And, and I'm then... thinking, um, I was thinking I'd do alcoholic because most people are being so trying not to drink <laughs> at the moment. Go for it. <laughs> so I thought everyone would relate to that. Go for it. This is... Nina McKenzie, a.k.a. Black Girl and Alcoholic. Red wine, that'll do fine. I don't really want it. Ordered another gin and tonic because I function better on it. I ain't really alcoholic, just a little melancholic. Makes me less neurotic. I need a drink. I can't think. I take pills. I ain't ill. Down to my, my last Valium, a couple more citalopram. I really need to chill. Start ripping out my diaphragm because right now you're just a hologram and I don't really understand your complicated plan. I take pills to be still. I can't sleep. And it's been weeks of taking medicine because then I stopped remembering reasons why I'm hemorrhaging, furiously messaging anyone who's listening to all the shit I'm driveling, mad drama that I'm witnessing. Is anybody listening? I can't sleep. And it's been weeks. I feel like an addict. Why can't I quit my habit? Don't need much, just enough to take the smooth with the rough. Don't know when I'll give up. Why the hell did we break up? I need a drink. Can't think. Don't need much, just enough to take the smooth with the rough. Don't know when I'll give up. Why the hell did we break up? You feel sorry for your son, but keep doing your daughter wrong. No idea what she did. Are we co-parenting the same kids? Drowning in doubt. I rely on it. Credit card debt. I survive on it. Ain't no sin to be drinking when you're sober and sinking. We all crack under the pressure and need alcoholic pleasure. I need a drink. Can't think. I ain't a scribe, but I predict that when you're done with all this shit, getting handouts from your mother in spite of every wrong you've done her and are jealous of your brother and still hating on your father, jilted at the altar, having lost your son and daughter, you'll need a drink to rethink. I can't think without drink. 
I ain't a female alcoholic. I just use it when I want it because I function better on it. Yes. Thank you. Sensational. <laughs> Thank you very much. Remember, because you've done that at Blend and Dundee. Yeah. That well, was the first time I've seen you perform. And I remember the place was dead quiet. Dead quiet when I performed that. Yeah. And uh, I was performing in Edinburgh on Tuesday because I sing that song mm. as well. But um, <coughs> I've got another singer now. Mm. Um gorgeous a girl with a gorgeous voice um who's only done two public performances to sing the first part of the song and i'll do the rap at the mm. end that so, was awesome yeah. honestly thank it's, you it's, it's one of the you can see even watching you here i could see that you're literally you were you were thinking you were saying you were doing everything that you were speaking through it was it's called i've been in the zone man it's intense man you know I mean? just to sit like this close to it happening was fantastic so yeah. thank you very much for oh, doing you're that you're very welcome so it's been a pleasure talking to you, and if you're happy to sit down and talk some more shit with me and Andy Mack, absolutely, like only we all can. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there was one big thing I wanted to talk to, and I went, I went, and I was really because Mike always puts the notes in the chat, and I never ever have anything, and I really wanted to put this in, and it was this. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, the the Gillette advert. Yes. Piers Morgan was talking oh, about it. Yeah. Oh mate, honestly, I thought it was fucking sensational. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And like, when nobody was kicking off about it, I could just see all, all these fragile dudes just absolutely shattering themselves. I just, um, people going crazy, like, who, who, who are Gillette to tell us what to do and live our lives? It's like, when has a razor company, or, or any company for that matter, not told you how to live your uh, life? The fact of the matter is, I thought it was great because like Gillette have always been this, the best a man can get, you know, super masculine. The way that they've done it, I thought it was really well done. Do you know what I mean? I thought it addressed some brownies and it, it made me think about a lot of times that things that I've probably done in the past, I didn't even bother about. And I was thinking, probably shouldn't have done that. Do you know what I mean? Just like, I think it's really good. I thought it was really good anymore. What about you, Andy, Mike? you got some opinions. All I've got to say is, what do they even need to be getting involved with? You sell fucking razors, man. Stick to that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not bothered by it, but a lot of people lost their shit this week and I was just like... But do you know what I think it was, it, was, it, was, it was a good for a, a company, a company that big, it just to take it was the a, risk. You, but it's, but is that, it a risk, though? There are a lot of people that are saying that Nike started a new trend by getting yeah. the, um, I've forgotten his name, the guy that takes yeah, yeah, yeah. who takes the knee by um, doing something with him. They got loads new, you know, so, everybody was crazy with Nike. So, I mean, I, I don't know what the trends are, but... Advertising is very, very cynical and it is about um, creating a need and an aspiration mm. so that you think you need that. Mm. Um, one thing that probably most people don't know is that Gillette razors, the factory where they're made, is identical to the Bic razor factory. <laughs> so the only thing that you're buying, a, a, a Gillette razor is no different mm. from a Bic razor. The yeah. only thing that you're paying more for is the branding. And they have to come up with something pretty iconic to yeah. make people, you know, aspire to mm -hmm. use but, Gillette razors. And that's exactly the same. Like, if you buy, fucking sake of argument, uh, I don't know, McCain's oven chips mm. and fucking Safeway's own brand chips, they're probably still made in the same factory. Oh, yeah. Again, it's like you're paying for the brand, you're paying for the experience mm. of using the Gillette well, see, razor and all that. I you clearly know? don't use any razors. Well, that was, I think, are they not maybe responding to the trend that a lot of men now have beards and yeah. are going to barbers? Well, see, I just, thought it was, I just thought it was good to see a company, again, like when Knight did it with the Colin Kaepernick thing. Let's see, the whole toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement has been 
a massive thing. <clears throat> and for a company like Gillette, whether or not they did, um, well, like, so obviously, like Andy Max says, no publicity is bad publicity. No, it never is. But mm-hmm. the fact that they addressed it and they, they tried to focus at what their market is, which nine times out of ten is going to be men or hairy women, I don't mm. know. Do they not do Gillette Venus and that? Do they not do quite a yeah, large range do. of women's yeah. products? Well, that's 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 it, was, it was good to, I just thought it was quite encouraging to see. She's got it. The baby, <laughs> she's got it. <laughs> Sorry, totally off topic so, there. I was going to say, you're totally slagging me off for it. I better take that and then you're busting it's that. It's a great out. advert, mate. It's a great advert. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I just, I don't have a problem with it. It didn't put me up nor down. I just thought everybody losing their shit was a bit odd because these well, companies just, spend their 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 remit is to tell you how to live their life, yeah. your life, through using their products. Mm-hmm. Just thought at the end of the day, one side I do look at is Gillette, you're a razor company. However, how long would it be before a new Gillette advert came out saying the best a man can get and then everybody lost their shit over that instead? Mm. So maybe it was a preemptive strike. I don't know. But if... So I thought I'd got, got to bring it to the cynic at the table, though. So <laughs> they, they will have, they will have fo- focus group the shit out of that advert oh, yeah, to make sure that imagine, it would, yeah. you know, yeah. It's a good business survey regardless. group. Focus yeah. And of course, they're sure. getting a lot of free publicity by everyone talking about it. So Everybody's going mad. They're like, what woman at Gillette signed off on this? <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, come on, guys. It's like, okay, well, do you know what? Don't buy the razors. That's fine. But I've seen plenty of other people who are saying I would quite happily switch my brand to Gillette from, say, Dollar Shave Club or something like that after this. So you can look at all the people saying I won't buy Gillette again. There are plenty of people saying I will now buy yeah. your product. So well, look, at, it was like, look at the, I bet you the Nike sales absolutely skyrocketed after the Colin Kaepernick thing. Yeah. I love the thing about that when all the racists were burning their nikes and folk are like, they've already got your money. <laughs> You've just got no shoes anymore. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Famished. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> People are just losing it, man. It's fantastic to watch. It was the same It was the same all the meltdown about the vegan sausage rolls. I could, I could not believe how... I was like... Greg's aren't announcing that they're stopping normal sausage rolls. It just means more people can eat there. It was just... Blows my mind. Andy Mack, anyway. It's no need. How just, you getting, you let's just calm down. You getting ready for the vegan turn now? Yeah, a lot of folk have been reaching out uh, on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that this week. Um was having a lengthy discussion with Ali Cook. Uh, after having a chat with Ali, I came to the conclusion, why am I actually doing this again? Because <laughs> um, he started dropping in all the vitamins. and Yeah, mum's been sending me, Mama Mac's been sending me uh, vegan recipes. And you know how she does the meals on wheels that I've told you about? Uh, well, she's like, oh, I can make you some of those nice red Thai curries and that that you like, and the green Thai ones, but I'll just do them like tofu or corn stuff and that for you instead. I was like, you just batter on well, ahead. You carry on there, there Mama Mac. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, that was that. Was that. And also, I want to give a quick shout to Night and Day because th- uh, they were... PJ's been dropping me some messages about it as well. He's like, stay strong, brother. Um, <laughs> and I caught up with their show, their last episode there just this afternoon. And they seem to think that I've got chicken nuggets hidden under my bed. <laughs> I was like, I wish I did, man. Chicken nuggy drop. Yeah, they reckon. So when they were talking about it, they were reckoning that it might be hard or, or easy for me to cheat because, you know, I'm a single guy. I live alone. Whereas, like, somebody like yourself or Mike... 
couldn't get away with like Megan or Connie or your mm. kids and that to keep an eye on you. But yeah, they thought I'd have nuggies under the bed, be cheating and that, <laughs> half living at night. My, so. I remember my mate almost messed up being a vegan. He'd done like vegan for January and he was actually having a conversation about it with somebody. And as he was talking, he grabbed a Kit Kat off the table and just started to eat it. No, even think, like literally had the Kit Kat hovering in his mouth. I was like, I can't eat this. <laughs> all, all I'm going to say, because we've got uh, an episode coming up in a couple of days' time with uh, one of our listeners who's a vegan, so we're going to probably talk about it a lot yeah, more in depth more. then, but I've been doing my homework through the week. A lot of people have been reaching out and sending me <coughs> stuff to read, which has been awesome. Thank you very much. But I am really worried because I'm sitting going, fuck, I can't eat eggs, no cheese, you know, it's just like... You have to get planning. You have to wait. It's, gonna be, it's, it's like, not going to be easy. There are going to be times where I'm going to be like, man, I could just go like scrambled eggs on toast. It's just like, I can't have that. Go Gelatin beans. is the thing that is hard to find stuff without. What about beans? Beans on toast. There you oh, go. fucking love beans, mate. Beans. <laughs> beans. <laughs> bean daft. <laughs> bean daft, hey. Right, well, well, since we've just gone on to things that are good or not, how about mm -hmm. we jump into a wee bit of... Can I do it in Mike's accent? Going Bra or nah? <laughs> <laughs> He's in a Scottish accent. <laughs> Play the fucking music. So I had a we had a few uh, brawn. Have you ever heard brawn yeah, yeah, from there? Yeah, yeah. I've heard so it. Um, I had one from our pal, actually one of uh, Andy Mack's all time favourite guests. Want to shout out to Andy Henderson and his lovely wife Katsina. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you have just had their baby boy. Congratulations! Oh, congratulations! Dad. He's gonna hate this one. Man. He hates all that shit. Like <laughs> newborns on Facebook now. He's gonna go fucking mental. He's not gonna post it on Facebook. No, is he? Is he? Is he <laughs> I didn't even catch she was pregnant. To be honest with you, <laughs> until Mike dropped in the group chat, Andy Henderson's had this kid. I was like. She must have been up the duff then. That can't have come as a surprise, surely. Nice job, Shagger. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Anyway, <laughs> right. First of all, let's just go back to the start. Um, first of all, we've often talked about people who try and wear funny T-shirts. Mm -hmm. So Andy sent me these uh, sort of socks that say "Do not disturb. I'm gaming," or "Do not disturb. I'm watching the rugby." So things like that, where people just think, oh, look at me, I'm so quirky. I'd put on a pair of those to kick somebody up the arse that's wearing <laughs> them, man. Honestly, what is that all about? So I'm, I'm not, it's not going to count as a bra or not, because we've already discussed those no. T-shirts. They're shite anyway. <laughs> Andy referred to people who wear them as mutants. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> um, first of all, Andy, Andy Henderson. Bra or not, people who start conversations in Facebook comments that have nothing to do with the original comment. Made up example. Just made this crack and steak pie. Oh, babe, looks great. That your wee Jimmy off to school now? Aye, I mind when he was a baby, etc., etc. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Nay, need. Nay, need. That's what messenger's for. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kick this off real quick. That's a no from me. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Straighten the knob in. <laughs> I'll just read it. Happy birthday Facebook posts. For pets, <laughs> no. Oh my god! I know. I know. I think Claire's got an Instagram page for her dog, does she? Claire, Courtney, she got a dog, a beagle. I yeah. So Claire, sorry, this is going to offend you, but yeah, no, no celebrating no, man, look, birthdays. I of love. Pets. No I absolutely love of pictures of dogs and cute animal videos on the internet. No, but no. I was just saying, my I, when I when I was my my ex used to buy a stocking for the dog. I'm like. 
The dog doesn't care it's Christmas. The dog doesn't even care it's fucking Tuesday. You know what I mean? No need. <laughs> she gives those biscuits all the fucking time. Nah. It's no for you. So that's a no. Nah. Round the table. Right, cool. Um, we got some in the email from... Is it Chris? I've, yeah, yeah. Have you got them written down? No, there's the ones I got on Facebook from Chris. So you know, I'll read them know, out. I don't know if we've maybe done a couple of these, though. There's a top three here as well, actually. Ooh, we'll jump into that um, afterwards. So the first one he's got is pie on a roll. So a pie on a roll. <laughs> it says 100% broth from me. I'm sure we've discussed that before. I think it was a resounding broth. Is this a vegan pie? Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need to consider that. Vegan pie on a roll. <laughs> I'd eat it, man. <laughs> A corn, I'm not corn scared. A corn, I'm not scared. I'm not even scared, man. <laughs> I'm no bothered. <laughs> oh, fucking. <laughs> Pie in a roll. Bro, Bro. anything's good if you put it on a roll. <laughs> yeah. he's, got, uh, he's got here uh, ketchup kept in the fridge. Again, we maybe did this like last time. Ah, I'm, I'm sure Mike sure. talked about this. I love a bit of ketchup uh, in the fridge, man. Yeah, I keep mine in the fridge. Yeah. He says, no, just put it in the cupboard. Cold condiments on my chips. Fuck right. <laughs> <laughs> I Sounds like he takes a bit of an impassioned stance on this. Yeah, you didn't want warm sauce. Nah, mm. man, it's got to be cold. Yeah. I think it makes it taste better. Same like with your mustard, with your jar of Coleman's English mustard. Yeah. It's got to be in the fridge because yeah. it is slightly thicker than when it gets all mm. runny and that. It's at room temperature. I'm fucking hungry, can I? Every time I leave here, <laughs> we end up talking about food at some point. I had a McDonald's before. In your <laughs> cell, <laughs> McAndy. <laughs> I was on the chicken nuggies, man. Shock order. <laughs> I usually see the, the 31st of January is going to be Andy walking to McDonald's. I want some Green. nuggets. How many? <laughs> I want all of the fucking nuggets. <laughs> Put them in a bag. Nobody's gonna get hurt. Just give me my fucking chicken nuggets. Honestly. My daughter's vegetarian, and even she couldn't give up chicken nuggets. So she's not a vegetarian. <laughs> no, she made me. She'd be just like, "Don't tell my brother." My uh, my wee sister used to say, "I'm vegetarian, but I still eat ham." <laughs> I was like, "You're no fucking vegetarian, then, are you?" Ham's good though. I don't like processed ham. Mind you, I saw I like a big ham joint, but see, like the thinly sliced it. Oh. I saw this. Uh, somebody had sent me. I think it was actually Nate had sent me. It was. Uh, I think I can't remember. I think it was like a a lawn and bacon roll, but it was vegan lawn and vegan bacon. I'm not gonna lie, it looked fucking deadly, man. Right. Um, no joking, man. Nice. Looked good. Deadly. So, I've got another one because we were talking. Uh, me and him. We've got Bron all here. Tinned fish. Bro. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't like fish anyway, man, but tinned fish, oh. Mm. Oh, I mean, I eat tuna. I, I, That's I, tinned, I, I guess. I just I can't do fish, man. Bro or no? Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> My initial reaction is nah. No. Nah. sardines high. Oh, oh, no. Fuck me. Get nah. away from me. Hey, I, I've just got uh, I did have one. Where's it gone? Oh, here we go. Bro or no? Take that. No. Bro. Oh, dear. Lena. Don't Bro know. with Robbie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm talking like... I'm <laughs> yeah. talking like... Mid the original. Yeah, the original, yeah. Take that. yeah. The first time around. I'm not for any Five of this. man take that. Not I'm not for any of this. Take that, the man band. Yeah. Nah. Nah. I'm not for any of this patient shit. It only takes a minute, girl. Damn, so that one's going in the Brawl of Fame then. Brawl of Fame for uh, Take That High. Yeah, take that one on the chin. I've got one more. <laughs> 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 uh, I've got one more that I'd uh, written down earlier. I tweeted this earlier, and then uh, one of our listeners, Craig, said that he thought there should be a Brawl no. So my statement was, chewing the fat is better than still game. Brawl no. 
That's not even a broad, no, that's just I, a... I, I know, I know it's not, That's an existential crisis I'm having <laughs> right there. Um, he suggested it should be a broad, no, and I was like, well... Tune the Fat was better than Still Game. No, nah, so, I, I, so bra for me. Like, I, I like Still Game, but I don't watch it as religiously as yeah, everyone else does. Yeah, that's what I was I like Still Game, but I didn't watch every episode. No, like, I'll, I stick it on. It's one of those things that like, if I'm tidy in the living room, I'll stick Netflix on and I'll bash on Still yeah. Game in the background and I'll sort of half watch it. But as everyone's like, oh, there's a new series coming out, I'm like, all right, I'll get room to that eventually when I watch the other four, like... <laughs> but Chewing the Fat, man, that's seminal. Like, that's brilliant. First couple of seasons of Chewing the Fat, untouchable. Wank, wank, good guy, wank. <laughs> just just think of some of the characters, like Ronald DeVillius. Oh. Every, every scene he <laughs> was covering. Would they come and bump? Or the Finty Tints. <laughs> or the Canadian boys that come back to empty their ground. There's water pissing a layer of the flare. <laughs> Tayside doesn't space. <laughs> Said phasers to Malky. <laughs> Captain, will you stop kicking at my arse? <laughs> oh, and the bowling club scene as well. Oh. If you remember the bowling club scene. Yeah, couple off. Is that, the, is that one of the, the chavs? Uh, no, that's the one where they've got the two bowling clubs that are going at it and then they come round to sit and like, they're having the meal before it and they've got the fish, but the fish goes off and all the boys start like shitting themselves when they're bowling <laughs> and that. Fucking class! I'm going to put that on the face page. Oh, That's man. an absolute classic. I'm going to stay here with what's on Netflix too. Yeah, it's on YouTube, mate. Your couple of fannies. <laughs> I think that's a bra. That's two Neds and Blondie. <laughs> <laughs> they got the cut out of Davy Harry or something. No, a Lulu. That's a <laughs> oh man, aye. No, bra. that's not even a question. Aye, tune the fat all yeah. fucking day. Mm. I'm glad we've cleared that up, guys. <laughs> right. I think I'd like to I'd like to jump right. So that was brought off for this week. I'd like to jump into a very special feature then and out. This is a very rare feature that we do because okay. we've been waiting for people to get in touch. <coughs> but this I we didn't make up these emails that come these. in. Like, this this is, no, no, I believe this you. Is, I can see you reading this them. This is a genuine email that someone sent. This is, ladies and gentlemen, the return. Can we got a wee fanfare in here. Drum roll. Agony Andy. Oh, it's happening. An actual email from an actual listener who has obviously went on one of these, like, make up your own hidden email websites or something because it's like a, the email is just like an array of letters. So we won't tell That's you. That's why you hate Dave for your Pornhub uh, account or your creepy Twitter or fucking <laughs> that kind of stuff. On the dark web. Right, so I'll read out the email in its entirety. So we'll leave out the person's name. We'll call him um, Steve. It's definitely not his name, though. <laughs> I was thinking more like Esteban. We'll call him Mr. Esteban. X. Mr. X. So, Mr. X writes, Hi, boys. I love the podcast and I listen every week. Thank you, mate. We, you have a uniquely Scottish take on pop, popular topics, even Mike. That makes me laugh every time I listen. Jordan is the host and has interview skills. Thank you very much. Mike brings his random topics and ideas. Who would rent cutlery? We would. <laughs> Mike has an idea called Renum Spoons, where you bring your own <laughs> food to a rent restaurant and they you pay for the cutlery. He's convinced it's a fucking money maker, like but in Scotland. <laughs> just yeah, he's he's going worldwide. Like <laughs> people would just turn up with their own cutlery. <laughs> <laughs> just sit inside. <laughs> or nick it because they've rented it. Yeah, to be fair, like to be fair. Whenever this gets brought up on the show, Mike, it gets torn apart, but he stays true. I'm, I'm converted to it now. I'm with him now. <laughs> Sorry. Mr. X, Mr. X, who would rent cutlery? And Andy Mack is the brains of the whole operation and the most quick-witted. 
Aye. He is, he's too quick-witted for his own good, because Andy will bust out of one line and then immediately go, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only part of the pod I miss is Agony Andy, but I hope my dilemma will be good enough to get a few laughs. All right, let's hear it. <clears throat> I've got to put on my voice. I've recently needed to move out of my flat on short notice after the dispute with my landlord. I wasn't really looking forward to moving in with my girlfriend yet, but I decided to give it a shot as it would help her save some money. Everything is great, but her broadband provider is Sky and by default, they have a parental block set up so that you can't visit any adult sites without logging in and changing the setting. Move out. I'm no a pervert, but I occasionally like to watch an adult film when she's away with her work. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. How can I get her to give me the password or change the setting so I can watch porn mm. without her thinking I'm a pure horn dog? Thanks, Mr. X. Mr. X. Well, so aren't you in a sticky situation there, mate? No, he's eh? no, mate. That's the I problem. Will be by the time he's heard this. First thing, first thing I've got to say: uh, parental lock. Who's with Sky? I would just be right. Well, the first problem there is Sky's got shit download speed. So the first thing I'd be doing is waiting for the missus to come home tomorrow and just being like, look, love, listen, I've changed the internet. We're going to Virgin Media, fibre optic, 200 meg, no parental lock. I swear to God, folk who have changed from Virgin, uh, from Sky to Virgin, first couple of weeks just about wank themselves to death, man. <laughs> the amount of porn that you can get, lightning quick. So that would be my, <laughs> that, that would be my first solution. Change your internet provider. Uh, second thing I'm thinking is Why is there a parental lock on it? Are there children in this house? Does she have kids? So you're moving in, new girlfriend, she already got kids Because, I'll be honest I don't think you should be beating off if there are children next to No, I just don't I don't think that's right I don't think it's right um, I don't know really other than that But I think it depends on the age of the kids Because... They could be a boon because I don't know about your kids, but my kids can work their way around any parental lo- block on anything, and you could just, you know. Can what, mate? Stop being such a tight arse. Flick off your Wi-Fi. Bust it out on your 3G. Yeah. Well, that, that's just <laughs> not going to take you very long. <laughs> 5G is just about to get rolled out. Your other, your other option, and it's a really, really, a really, really critical choice. This one. Public Wi-Fi hotspots, <laughs> right? or you go to your work where you've got Works Wi-Fi, or any hospital or educational establishment. They've all got like educational logins that you can browse for free. You know, when you're in the college or that. So that's what I would be doing. I'd be going out and get myself a new phone if I can't get a new ISP. Get myself a new phone, plenty of memory, and just fucking download an absolute stash next time I'm at my work. Just go to the bog for half an hour and get your phone loaded up. All else fails. A wee danger wank. Oh, well. <laughs> there is nothing, there is, there, there is no better feeling than a danger wank. <laughs> like when you used to run up to your bedroom and just start beating one off and then shout, Mum! And <laughs> see if you could finish before your mum came up. I've raced the toaster, I've raced the microwave, I've raced the kettle. You better believe it. So, no, in all honesty, let's... <laughs> winding this one back in, I think you've got three choices. Change the internet, go to your work to download porn, or I think you're just going to have to leave her. Maybe maybe she, maybe she, ask her if she's into it. If she says yeah, then just ask her for the password and cha-ching, away you go. So, Mr X, I hope that helps you. Let us know how you get on. Any problems, I'm not liable for them. <laughs> that was one of my favourite things that's ever happened in this show. Ladies and gentlemen, please 
Right in. We keep everything secret. We want to share your name or details. Mr. X Ken's himself. He's probably sitting there hopefully wanking himself to death after Andy's advice. I hope he will be by the end of next week. <laughs> Get yourself, that virgin bro band loaded. Go on yourself, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> How do you follow that? In the name of Christ. I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough. You just get... That was amazing, Andy. Honestly. don't know, man. That was sensational. Racing right. the toaster. Racing the toaster. You, you never beat me yet. You said... That's why they call me Usain Bolt. <laughs> 9.76 seconds. <laughs> Usain Bolt of the kitchen. <laughs> Jesus, mum. What's the top three, for fuck's sake? Right, okay, so this week's top three, uh, this also came from listener to the show, Chris. Uh, Chris Casser, I think. Casser is his second name, yeah. So he's got top three comedy shows. For example, Eddie Murphy Raw, Jim Jeffries Alcoholicost, Monkey Sword Fight episodes. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You sweet talk yourself in a top three this week, didn't you, Chris? Says, cheers, boys, keep up the good work, and well done, well done on getting yourself signed up. So, yeah, cheers. Andy Mark, yeah. Oh, mm. Mama Pats was buzzing for you, by the way. Cheers, Mama Pats. She did actually say, she goes, I don't know how long you'll keep him for. Forever. Yeah. Stuck with me, I'm afraid. Monkey Sword Fight, loyal high. <laughs> so are we talking just any any comedy platform, whether it's TV show, stand-up show, or... I think he was meaning more stand-up. Okay. Um, but I thought that would be a good one for you, because you obviously watch a lot of stand-up anyway. I don't yeah. know, do you watch a lot of, sort of stand-up oh, comedy yeah. in that near? Yeah. Brilliant. So. Yeah. Right, well, I'll, I'll jump off then. Um, right, first of all... Oh, fuck. Um... Ah... I'll jump off, he says. Oh, Christ. I've got so many running about my head. Um, first of all, uh, Frankie Boyle. Hurt you like you've never been loved. I was. I, that's going to be in one of mine. That's yeah, he's... Brilliant one. I just... I, I, I didn't like his TV show when he did it because his sketches were just... It was like he was trying to be too much Frankie Boyle, but he's so clever and so cutting and, like, he says things that you would be considered offensive, but he's never actually taken the piss out of who he's, what he's saying has been offensive. Is actually yeah. always very well crafted jokes about things that are, it's horrific things that are actually happening in the world. Yeah, yeah. and he's not doing them, but he's saying them. And the way he shapes a joke is just unbelievable. I think he he, he kills the game. Um, I, I used to, I, I can't help it, but I, Louis C.K. Horrible human being, but like his <laughs> his first couple of stand up shows were just amazing, man. I just loved the way that like we said before, he was he just spoke like you would imagine he would speak to mm -hmm. his pals. So like I say, horrible human being, but stand up is fucking frightening. Um and top one. Oh <clears throat> Oh, um Tom Segura. He's a comedian from America, and I, I couldn't even pick any of his three specials that are on Netflix, and his ones that are on Spotify as well. They're just, he's amazing, man. He's so funny, he is disgusting, but just his cadence and the way that he speaks, and you can tell from his vernacular that he, that's just how he tells things, and it is so, so good. And like, just little sound effects and stuff. He's got this one thing where he's like, he's, he just shouts, uh, he goes, you'll never have more fun than going into South Central and shouting at someone like an angry black guy from like LA. <laughs> He's that. So kind. 
He's like, he shouted at Big Daddy Kane, Sup Kane. He goes, it's the most fun you'll ever have in your life. He goes, just go and shout things. Or just, he, every now and again, he just runs past me, he shouts, bikes! <laughs> it's, I, it makes no sense what I'm saying here, but do yourself a favour. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. Check yeah. out Tom Segura. He's got three specials on Netflix, and every single one of them is absolutely sensational. Mm-hmm. So. And his podcasts are also... Oh, yeah, your mum's house, house. Your mum's yeah. house is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so he got... Oh, fuck, I've totally forgotten what I said. Yeah, Frankie Boyle. Frankie Boyle. Uh, Louis C.K. Yeah. Before he started beating off in front of people. And uh, <laughs> Tom probably just got Virgin Broadband that day. <laughs> he was just like, oi, oi. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he never, he never was fucked. Thing is, like, he never finished the danger right, but he just never stopped. Eh? Well. And then how would you let you go? Ooh. Um, I'm struggling with my number three. I know my number two and my number one. But I know what I'm in really enjoying at the moment. I'm really enjoying um, Two Doors Down with Elaine C. Smith in it. So I might, I don't know if she's got any stand-up, but I could imagine I should, that she yeah. would be... Pr- like, she's somebody that I want to check out. So I'm going to have her as my number three spot because, um, yeah, I'm really feeling her at the moment. Number two has got to be Eddie Murphy Raw. I just... <sighs> watched it so many times I'm introducing it now to my children and he's laughing as well yeah. um, but my standout favourite is without a doubt Chris Rock Tambourine just hilarious I see him live whenever he comes to Scotland and he just has me creasing up in the aisle and whenever I see him on things like Real Housewives uh, Real House Husbands of Hollywood like he's the best thing in it yeah. do you know what I mean like you know so many people after his crown like his own brother and uh, Kevin Hart obviously but when Chris Rock gets out there he just kind of reminds them mm-hmm. why he's where he is yeah. and I mean that tambourine is all about his divorce mm-hmm. and the sketch where he talks about you know um, his wife being soon to be ex-wife in the room with a lawyer and all and basically a room full of 10 people and he's just like, and all these people want my money. He said, that's when you know you've made it. Do you know what I mean? And I just like, you know, I just kind of, it's just a unique kind of I've, take I've, I've on heard, I've, being a rich black man. Do you know I've, what I mean? I heard he's, he's brilliant one liners like, I don't, have you ever seen Dogma? Yeah. The Kevin Smith film, yeah. the bit where he falls to earth. Yeah. And he's like, ah, Jesus Christ, is it? I know him. Is that, <laughs> the N word owes me 14 bucks. Yeah. Like, he just ad libbed that. And Kevin Smith had to give him a writer's credit because he's like, that was 10 times funnier than anything yeah. I could have written. Yeah. So you hear about, about him, he's just like, he's still on, on yeah, it. Yeah, and I love him as a zebra as well, you know, in all the fit. Like, he, he's just a funny guy. He's just mm. a funny guy. I'd actually like to slip out Louis C.K. in favour of Dave Chappelle. Oh, I love Dave Chappelle. His oh, most yeah. recent one, actually, is one of my favourites. So. Oh, you keep you keep taking all my man. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dave Chappelle is funny. I'll keep Louis uh, <laughs> uh, No, I had the same Frankie Boyle one, but then generally anything by Frankie Boyle works yeah. for me. Um, I think for number two... Mm, number two was tough, but I wanted to put Raw in there as well, just because when I saw it for the first time, it's like... I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Or heard... Mm. Most people, I've never heard, heard anything, anything like, like it. it yeah. And then at number one, it's early Lee Evans, but I can't remember the exact, w- the first one that I watched that made me go, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he so funny? Yeah. Was, Although he's not as funny as what he used to be. It was, um, I don't think so. Anyway. I, think it's, I think it's not even that, because it was the same with like Peter Kay. When they came out and they did it, it was hilarious. Yeah. But then when they came back and tried to do it again, mm. 
it wasn't as funny. It was Lee Evans' first three or four, yeah, like specials. First three or four DVDs are just like never seen a man sweat no. more in my entire yeah, life. That's yeah, that's true. Like, literally <laughs> soaked through. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So so yeah. Sorry, I can't give you the exact name of the ones now of the ones, but I like yeah. it. No, and his early stuff doesn't date either. Mm. Lee Evans' stuff because it's so much physical <laughs> comedy. Yeah, yeah so totally. that's still I think, funny. I think you can always tell when a, a comedian. Like we've talked about this a million times before. Gets that big that you can tell they're not really writing their own material and going yeah. out and working it anymore. Like you talk, you mentioned Ke- uh, Kevin Hart earlier. Mm. Now his first few shows are yeah. some of the best things ever. Yeah. But then his last stand-up show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you, he's yeah. not. He's, he, they, once once they get big. Yeah. They don't have, you know, they have scheduling problems. They yeah. can't, you know, they, they have to work. Yeah. They have to work all the time. They're constantly promoting. Mm, so. And your work does suffer. It doesn't matter what line of business you're I mean, Kanye West isn't the artist that he is now because he's got a clothing line and a shoe line. And he's Do you know what I mean? And his head's well, up yeah, his But, I mean, but <laughs> yeah. if you concentrated on the music, yeah, the well, music would get better if you I left think, everything else alone. I think Kanye West is a perfect example of what you talked about earlier is he's writing in a vacuum. Yeah. He's surrounded by yes men and he would just be... You literally fart into a, a beatbox and then just play a keyboard of different fart sounds and people are like, oh, can yeah. you, mate? This is fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. See, he's not actually going anywhere where he's getting constructive criticism like you make. Exactly. I mean, he, you could almost see he's actually already done that with that scoop-de-poop-poop. Oh, my God, man. Fucking thing that was from last year. See, whenever Kanye does something mental, I go back and listen to his first couple albums and like, right, that's okay. I'm raging he's no been on... My Joe boy, Rogan. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's Mike Tyson the night, though. Yeah, I know. I watched the first 10 minutes before I came down here. Uh-huh. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to get to watch it because I need to go and edit. Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Right, well, thank you very much, Nena, for coming on. You're very welcome. It's thank you for having pleasure. me. It's pleasure. We've not got a watching or listening this week. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that. See? See, Mike, Mike goes away. Mike, you need to come back, man, because this, <laughs> this guy's just <laughs> right. he's off he's the rails tonight. He's the one tonight. that keeps you guys on. Right. No, that's me. <laughs> that's why he did it to me there. Right, so, what are we watching and listening to this week? Boom. What have you been watching or listening to this week? Right, so... um, I go? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. If, you're, if you're good to go, go. I'm good to go. I've been listening to a bit of Take That this week. Greatest Hits. Ten Bananas. <laughs> um, I started watching Titans on Netflix. It's like some of Batman's sort of B-list characters. Um, it's based around the Robin moves to Chicago because he's pissed off with Batman. It's all right. It's quite good. Watchable. Nothing like fucking life. Goes off to Chicago to do what? Fight crime. All right. <laughs> and he, there's a, a very there's a bit of the start where somebody's like Robin jumps in. He's got this crowd of thugs kicking about him, and they're all like, "Oh fuck, where's Batman?" And he's just standing like that. Oh, <laughs> he so gets he, done in. No, so he absolutely murks all these boys, and he's standing over them, and he goes that, "Fuck Batman." I'm like, "Oh, Robin." So that's all right, bad guy. Give it up. Six bananas. Six bananas out of ten. What else? That's about it, to be honest with you. I've had a very busy week, so that's about all I've managed to get into. So, yeah. Nena? Uh, well, I've been um, I've been watching Two Doors Down. I'm watching the new series, and I'm watching the first three series that I haven't watched, and I just love it. Um, and very excited because the new series of True Detective is out as well. Ooh. I only just watched the first series, um, kind of over Christmas and New Year. And um, my brother told me not to bother with the second series and just wait for the third. So that's what I'm looking oh, nice. to watch. I've heard a lot about that. At actually. the moment, it's pretty. The first series is amazing. 
And the third series is supposed to be up there as well. Woody Harrelson can do more with a look than anything he can yeah. do by opening his mouth. Yeah. Oh, I love he's amazing in it. Woody he's absolutely amazing. I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah. I want to be his pal. Anytime I see him on a film, I was like, oh, fuck, I bet you'd be a great night out. Yeah. And, and I then, do do that now, actually, on Netflix. Um, I Google actors that I want to see, you know, see what they're in mm-hmm. rather than, because I just, they make, they clearly, or their agent makes yeah. good choices. Him or uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Well, he's in both of them. <laughs> And he's that he's that guy that managed to break out his stereotype, didn't he? Yeah. He was, or he, you know, all the roles he was constantly casting. Mm-hmm. Rom coms. Mm. He was like the the American Hugh Grant, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, was that? That's a fucking bang on that. That's actually a good comparison. Yeah. Really good comparison, mate. Fucking tweet was, that when yeah. I get him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, have you ever thought Matthew McConaughey's or really just an American Hugh Grant? Yeah, and everybody's still going mental at me because I said that Still Game was shite. <laughs> That's the episode title. Should we say that? That should be the episode title. Still Game was shite. There we go. Boom. Of that. <laughs> still <laughs> Game, still shite. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> No, that's no. what. Well, I'm listening to. Um, I was listening to the BBC Sounds um, mm. of 2019. So um, obviously, I knew Octavian who won. I knew his stuff really well, and he's the first rapper to win since Fifty Cent won oh, nice. quite a while ago. But there's some singers in there as well that I wasn't familiar with that I'm kind of listening to a, a lot more. I love Ray Black's new album. Not so new anymore, but I love you know I love a lot of what she's doing. And um, but mostly, I listen to what my kids listen to. So. <laughs> You know, little this, little that, <laughs> XXX Tentacia, yeah. that Juice yeah. Well, that kind of thing. Mike is going to be uh, kicking uh, himself. Uh, <laughs> 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 nice yeah. one. Andy, Mike, what about yourself? Uh, a few things. Um, I actually put mine in notes tonight. Fucking hell. Yeah, before I came down, I was like... <laughs> Usually standing there, I was like, there, there, I'm not watching any TV. <laughs> there was also something else I've written on top of it. I'll come to that at the end. Uh, any so porn y- titles you want to <laughs> share with us? No, no. Big no. busty bitches. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm out of 3G and the Wi-Fi's down. So, yeah, what have I been watching list? Uh, Night and Day, which I mentioned earlier on. Uh, I just also wanted to say, touching on that, is how nice, obviously, Alana is in every episode. She's such a sweetheart. I just was sitting there today thinking, I couldn't imagine her raising her voice and going absolutely, like, can't imagine she was going like hey, mental at her kids. Or I, I don't actually think she'd have to. No, I've thought this a couple of times. So this is a there's a Canadian podcast we're good friends with called Night uh-huh. Day, and it's a husband yeah. and wife that do it. Really nice people, and Alana's got this really soft and soothing voice, uh-huh. and I think that'd probably be even more terrifying. Mm-hmm. So Alana, should we, uh, Alana, next time you do an episode, can you tell us to go and tidy our room and your nice stern <laughs> voice? <laughs> it's not weird, but I just want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear like that the angry mum voice from Alana. I honestly was just sitting there thinking, I, I just couldn't imagine her just going like, just like the the, the the switch goes and she just goes absolutely tits. Do you know what I mean? But but you know, like, um, I think it's something mums have because even now, right? I'm going to be thirty in August, mm-hmm. and my mum is at least six inches shorter than I am, but she will flash me that look, me, my brother, or my sister, and we'll fuck up real quick, mm. like instantly. You get the look from Mama Pats, and if you don't shit yourself, you're about to. I'll get Mama Pats to give Paul the look when he's coming <laughs> fucking chatting on my door. <laughs> so, yeah, there was that. Uh, just to kind of tidy things up, a uh, bit of Joe Rogan this week, MMA episode with Brendan Schaub. Uh, I had to listen to that 
last night and then the rest of it when I got up this morning. The episode from earlier this week with Theo Vaughn in it That's a good one. was absolutely brilliant. I'm really starting to like Theo out. Vaughn, yeah. man. He's got, he, I'm sure his, Such a cool guy, man. His stand-up special is still on Netflix and it's called No Offence. Mm-hmm. And he's like this southern southern guy from like, it's like someone like arse fuck nowhere in America, yeah. you know what I mean? But like, just the way he talks and just, it is so, so good. But you definitely mm-hmm. check out Theo Vaughn. His podcast is funny too. Yeah, he's also doing one with Brendan Schaub now the as King well. The King and the Sting. The King and the Sting, yeah. Because yeah. so. uh, he says that Brendan Schaub looks like he's always he's, he's stung by those, a lot of bees. Those two have got a good banner. Yeah, he does actually, doesn't <laughs> he? He does. <laughs> but um, yeah, so those two have got a good bit of banner. Other than that, I'm just checking my notes. I've been listening back. I did mention a couple of weeks ago, Dirty Dykes album, Acrylic Snail. Well, when I listened to it at first, I was kind of like, yeah, it's good, but it's it's, n- it's not that it's not what I was expecting. It's not what I was hoping for okay. mm-hmm. necessarily from start to finish. Oh, there's a lot of high points, but it's one of those ones that's fucking grown on me, man. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so big shout out to Dirty Dyke for that. Getting Beat Tape 2 ready. That'll be dropping tomorrow. Nice. Spent a lot of time this week watching... Um, a lot of politics stuff. Obviously, been a lot, <sighs> lot of stuff going on. Yeah, but Brexit. Obviously, to be, you need to be well informed. Um, other than that, I'm just checking here. I've been watching a documentary called The Cold War, or eight episodes. And then on the back of that, I've been reading a book called Soviet Perceptions of Economic Conditions During the Period of Stagnation. So, Who the fuck are you like? <laughs> so basically, I'm reading, I'm reading about... This is the same guy I was talking about wanking it. Like. <laughs> I would have changed what I was watching if you'd gone first. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so yeah, I'm, I'm reading a lot about uh, a man who was in charge of the USSR between 64 and 82, a guy called Leonid Brezhev. And his period in charge of the Soviet Union was known as the era of, era of stagnation. A fascinating point in history. It's just something I'm doing a lot of reading about at the moment. Don't know. Don't know why I'm curious, but I am curious, so Fair I'm enough. reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much that. The only other thing I had in my note, which we didn't talk about, it doesn't matter, but it's a stupid thing, right? Hey, go for it. I just looked in and said, have you ever looked at a word you know is spelt correctly, but it looks wrong? All the time, yeah. All the fucking time. Yeah. yeah. You know what, what is it? Necessary. Mm-hmm. I can never get necessary right the first time around. Is there yeah. too many C's? Is there no enough? Yeah. Is that One enough? C, that two S's, oh, yeah. man, it fucks me up oh, every correct, single day. I know, but every like, if I'm just writing, jotting, jotting things doing in a meeting, I never ever get it right. Focused and broccoli are the two words broccoli. I can't. I never, yeah. Can he be put in two C's and focused, mate? <laughs> no, it's more how many S's there are in focused. I only put one C in there, but I never know whether to put oh, one S or two S. You were looking S's. at me as though I was wrong there. That's why no, I'm no, saying, no, no, you don't put two C's. I'm sitting no, there second guessing no, no, I'm sitting there second guessing myself. No, 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 going, no, no. Wait I know there's I know one right. C. <laughs> I know there's one C, but I never know whether there's one S or two S's. We should do a spelling bee. <laughs> How good would that be? Like? Right, guys, a spelling bee. That's the next, the next live video. It's going to be a spell you know test. Here's the crazy thing about the word. The word wasn't even a long word or one of those ones that trips you up, you know, you're whatever. It was quiet, a five-letter word, quiet. But I was looking at it and I was going, it, it's spelled correctly, but I was just looking at it going, it doesn't look right. Q-U-I-E-T. And I was uploading the beat tape to DistroKid, mm-hmm. and I was sitting going, I know that's right. I actually had to go and Google it, and I was like, why am I having to Google this? I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me, man? you got to lay off them bifters, Andy Max. It's stuff. because we read less, and when you read less, then you forget. Look you at know. what I'm reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it written in crayon? <laughs> 
fuck, <laughs> honestly, man. So yeah, it, it was just one of those things, man. So Mad madness. Is that you then? I think that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here. Right. Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you to this week's sponsors, Fair City Jiu Jitsu. Respect, unity, and honour for the boys down at Fair City Jiu Jitsu, Perth's only dedicated Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gym. First class is free. Get down. Get in contact. No experience. No fitness level required. Get in and learn something new for the new fucking year. Like I said, first session is free. Fair City Jiu Jitsu. I would like to say thank you very much as well to Nana McKenzie <laughs> for coming on and talking to us. Thank you for having been me. an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. Have you got any gigs or anything coming up you want to shout out? I have, yeah. I'm performing in Edinburgh at the Scottish Storytelling Centre. It's part of the Audacious Women Festival on nice. the 23rd of February. Uh, but I think it's sold out. Oh. So, But I'm also performing at the opening of the festival as well, just a quick five-minute slot. And I always perform at the Green Room. Awesome. At the open mics there. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we'll get so we'll get your page shared up and everything like that on the Facebook page. Where Great. can everybody yeah. find you online? Uh, my social media tags are at Black Girl Raw, which is B L K G R L R A W. I'm on Instagram and on Facebook. Excellent. Right. We are on um, Facebook, Podbean, Twitter, MSF underscore Podcast, Monkey Sword Fight Podcast. You can email us with your agony handies, please. <laughs> Please, <laughs> please send in your agony Andy's Top threes, broad Top nose, threes, broad nose. like that. MSF, MSF underscore podcast at gmail.com. No, 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 no. MSF underscore podcast is the Twitter handle. Oh, Monkey shit. Sword Fight Podcast at gmail.com is the email. I miss Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I am on Twitter at Wagwan Patrice. <laughs> please come back, Mike. Mike is on at underscore M dots. <laughs> I'm at Macapella. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again to Nena, Andy Mac. Pleasure as always. Thank you for listening. Peace. 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 Ah.